0: Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 100 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your hosts, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely Al Judson.
1: Hello, friends and enemies. I'm kind of shocked that you you talked me into it now that it's actually started. Like, I wasn't until you did that, and the moment you did that, I was like, fuck, this is episode 100. This is
0: 100! Yeah, he convinced me. I did convince... Well, you kind of convinced we, we, me. We traded.
1: We There was a trade. There was a trade in the Yes, yes. So I, I traded back in the draft. So I traded pick 100 back in the draft to pick 104.
0: Which is our pick... Which episode 104 is going to be exactly two years worth of episodes. Yes. If you do it weekly. Yes. So that's why it's also a big deal for us. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, we're going to do a special commentary episode for that one. Yes. That way we
0: have time to plan and everything. Yes.
1: And in the meantime, we have this little
0: bonfire.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So,
0: first off, this is NerdPod Generations. Episode 100. We have hit the century mark. I cannot believe it's still. I know. Fantastic. That's, that's nuts to me. For man. everyone that has listened and has given us input, thank you so much. For everyone that is going to listen, hopefully, uh, to this episode, because... Once again, we are doing a reaction to a movie that we just went and saw, and those typically get the most listeners, so we're hoping that it continues with this. The
1: the untitled watch and review segment that has just become titled watch and review. Yeah. All of our segments are titled exactly what they are. What have we been watching, playing, reading, watch and review? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Retro reviews, exactly what it sounds exactly like. Exactly what
0: it sounds like. <laughs> um, but, anyways, we we are doing this episode. We just left uh, a very late showing. We were recording this late of Guardians of the Galaxy. Not late enough, 3. I guess. Not late enough. I think after we watched this. The next few reviews like this are going to be quality films, like Oppenheimer, which we just saw the trailer for, and both were giddy. If
1: we were going to do watching, playing, reading, that's probably what I would talk about. I, like, watched Mandalorian Season 1 again, and it's like, ah, this is what I was talking about. And isn't there a
0: big one the very beginning of June? I thought there was a big film release coming out the very beginning of June that we talked to that we would have to go see. I
1: can look. Yeah, you look
0: it up real quick. And, folks... Um, Just to give you a heads up, episode 101 and 102 are going to take a little bit because next week I have my son's birthday and the week after I'm going to be in Disney World. So we are going to be taking a two-week hiatus, but I promise you we will return. While we are on hiatus, I recommend please going back and listening to our back catalog, especially if you're a fan of pretty much any genre of sci-fi, fantasy, video game, nerd stuff. We have an episode for you.
1: Oh, yeah. There's so many things out there, whether you're looking for something to watch that you've never heard of or looking for something that you may have seen or seen part of and been like, I don't know. We've probably seen or talked about a lot of it. And if not, there's a lot of TV shows that have come out recently that we do rather in-depth reviews of. So if you ever just want to at least have some kind of cursory knowledge of what happens in these shows without having to watch them, it's a perfect excuse. Uh, we actually have a few coming out in June. Uh, the Flash.
0: The Flash, June. it's June 3rd, right?
1: Uh, that's June 16th. June 16th. Uh, but before that, we have... Oh, man, June is kind of packed. June 2nd is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's the one I am thinking. And then June 9th is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And then June 16th is The Flash and Elemental, which I think we're going to pass on, and yeah. Asteroid City. And then, let's see, is there anything else? Are we gonna, are, are we done? I think that's got to be it, right? So in
0: reality, I see oh, us... Oh, no,
1: June 30th,
0: Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, so I see us doing three movies this month. I want to do more, but yep. re- realistically, we have to do Spider-Man. Yes. We have to do The Flash, and we yes. have to do Indiana Jones. Yes. So those three folks... Those are going to get prioritized. Yes.
1: Transformers, while we're excited about it, might get that might get waited until it's on Amazon Prime or something. Yeah.
0: So we'll see. We'll see. But because we can't do everything, we no. want to do everything. And if hey, listen, if, if you they want, they start us to paying
1: do, us to come and see the that's movies. That's the
0: thing. If you want us to do review reactions to all these movies, tell a friend, get more people listening, so that we can get yeah. passes to actually go see yeah. the movies. If they
1: start paying us to go to screenings that are full of other critics, yeah, so that we're not surrounded by whiny
0: teenagers. Oh my God.
1: I would love we'll have that, to talk about that and, yeah. and then we will. At that point, we will do all the reviews. Yeah, we'll we'll be one of those real movie review channels where we actually review movies like weekly. We go yeah. to the theater weekly, and we we talk about a
0: movie that's I would coming love out. That. That'd be amazing. That'd be really great.
1: We'd have to do two shows a week at that point.
0: All right, so we need to get this started. Folks. Yeah, Well, it's fresh in our brains. Dun, dun dun. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We just left it. Now you're going to hear at first me horribly disliking this movie mm-hmm. al not liking it but maybe by the end me talking him into disliking it it's more.
1: very possible let's let's throw, possible. before we even get into any spoilers or reviews let's throw grades out there right now as it stands before our conversation i would give it like a c minus
0: and i am at a solid d
1: yeah so it's not marvel's best It's about par for the course for the rest of this phase. Yeah. And it has a lot of the same problems as the rest of this phase. This
0: phase four of the MCU is easily the worst. Yeah. And I just read something online actually saying that the reason why Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with the whole Wanda part was a little uneven is when they were writing that movie... WandaVision hadn't concluded yet. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know what the ending was going to be and they just wrote the movie and then filmed it. And so that's why it's a little weird in places. And Marvel does this where they don't
1: finish scripts or if they do, they only let you read certain parts of the script and it's like, oh, we don't want anybody to leak anything, Tom Holland. But like, then you end up with this situation where people are writing scripts for movies where they don't know what else is happening in the universe. They've just kind of been told that Wanda will survive, and she's going to have this very powerful, dark book, and it's going to be twisting her. Mm. Oh, okay. That's... Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. And it doesn't include anything with Vision or any of these other things. It has her kids in it, but that's it. Mm. Vision's not even mentioned. Not even mentioned. Not even referenced.
0: Yeah. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, like you said, it's more of the same that we've seen, Mm -hmm. which is we, we like to coin the Marvel method, where you have to have those moments of dire straits that all of a sudden somebody comes up with a way to solve the, you know, it looks like nothing can fix the problem Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it automatically get fixed. There's stupid humor in places where there doesn't need to be stupid humor just because, oh wait, there's a dramatic moment, so we need to throw humor in it. Mm -hmm. The dramatic moments are the most overly dramatized, just completely like Hallmark Channel want to get a tissue-all kind of tear-jerker moments. Mm-hmm. And then you take well-known Marvel characters from the comic books and you completely fuck them up. Yeah, oh, ruin them. Completely ruin them, yeah. exactly. And yeah. that's the Marvel method. And they followed it completely to the T in this movie.
1: Yeah, no, I I didn't have quite that reaction. I did think that the parts of the movie that you found overly saccharine, where it was just like, there's a lot of this movie that's about Rocket Raccoon's backstory, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the crux and um, gateway that leads to mm-hmm. the rest of the story is, oh, this is where Rocket came from, this is his history, this is his creator, this is the the person who turned Rocket into who he is in the first place, but also kind of not really as the story progresses. That part I found pretty okay. There were parts of it that I, I didn't love... I, as I didn't mind the parts of it that were him and the other animals I will say the animals are extremely gruesome to look at I'm looking at you bunny rabbit yeah it's a little much it's, it's a, for a movie that ostensibly became a kids movie at times it's a little much yeah. there's a little there's a few moments where I'm like why is this here how is this a thing bunny rabbit with spider legs and a big chompy chomp mouth it's weird it it's it goes like i told
0: you when we left it just reminded me of sid's room from toy story yeah like they look like they came right out of that movie
1: no it it looks like someone because like that that comic book line i i'm not super familiar but i i know it to a degree and it has a lot of sonic the hedgehog kind of feels to Mm -hmm. it even though it may have predated sonic uh rocket i may have been created in the 80s it felt you know dark but I don't know about this dark mm-hmm. and it, it just everything ends up being ruined by the way that the high evolutionary is treated mm-hmm. you know literally at one point in the movie he seems to go completely insane and it's just like off screen he's getting some sort of quote unquote treatment they say and he's just gone
0: bananas. Yeah, there's that mention once of that, but never again. He never brings it up again. Never
1: comes up again. And so it's like this excuse for why he's gone mental in this one moment. But then that ends up being the crux of the entire movie. Is this madness that he's developed over Rocket? And I, in the first place, I don't understand it. And in the second place, this has nothing to do with the High Evolutionary. Yeah. You know, and it's just there's just so many things that I don't understand where there's canon here that can help with these things why the high evolutionary has used weirdly earth specifically american (laughs) culture
0: as his basis for his perfect society but like here's here's my problem with the animal part though high evolutionary they make it seem like he's been doing this for a long time
1: yeah well he's been around for like centuries centuries yeah
0: what is the point of creating a walrus with big wheels. Yeah. Other than just that factor of seeing it like, oh my God. Jesus Christ. But it's like, it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. that he creates the perfect beings that uh, war. Oh, the Sovereign. Time, the Sovereign. Because the Sovereign were created before he made Rocket. Yeah, you would you would presume. Well, I mean, just just going off, yeah. Because it seems like they age up like the kids. Like he creates yeah. them as children and they age up into these, these beings. Yeah. And they create a whole society, so that obviously didn't happen over the, what, maybe 10, 15 years that Rocket had been alive and growing.
1: Yeah, they don't, when when the Sovereign are in Guardians too. they're not like, oh, this weird new group, the Sovereign. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. like, oh, the Sovereign,
0: people know who they are. And Rocket is a raccoon, and you're assuming he's got kind of a similar, maybe, because he, he his... is a raccoon. They pretty much... yeah say it, that he is a raccoon. Oh, they have,
1: don't just say it. They they allow him to finally be oh, Rocket Oh, they the gotta raccoon. have that
0: moment. Of course. They yeah. gotta have that stupid fucking moment. So you assume he's got a similar lifespan to a raccoon? Maybe they extended it? I would say it's probably
1: extended by nature of his yeah, augmentation. Yeah, but he still he's,
0: hasn't been around for a ton. Like, say he's 15 years yeah. that this has happened. Why would he create these fucked up, like the rabbit with the, the metal mouth? Like, there's No reason for him to have created these beings with the amount of centuries, like you said, that he's been doing this other than to have an on-screen shock value to see it. But then when you see it and you're like, it doesn't make sense though for him to do that. Like, it that looks... And the reason why I said it looks like Sid from Toy Story, because that looks like what a child would do Mm -hmm. if you had the ability to manipulate animals. That's what a child will do. Yeah. Not a guy that is a god in his mind, and like they say in the movie, he's a god to all these other, you know, civilizations that he created, but then he does... This, this stupid, childish little, uh, like, erector set with these animals. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand a lot of the rationality behind the high evolutionary. No, like not at, at all. At one point, he can be one thing, and then at another point, he's something entirely different. And you brought up Kang. He has a lot of the same issues of, as yes. Kang of, oh, this guy's unstoppable until, until he he's is. extremely
0: stoppable. Yep. And it's just like, oh, okay. And it was the same with Kang, where it happened in the same scene. Yeah. Where like, uh, are we getting into spoilers yet? Uh, I think we can get into spoilers. Okay, so I won't. I won't really
1: spoil this yet. Yeah, because the but only thing I, I we will, can talk about is Quill and Gamora. Yes, yeah, so I'll say there was
0: an action scene mm-hmm. on the High Evolutionary ship mm-hmm. where he uses his powers. To stop a couple of the Guardians. Yes. But then he turns his back and all of a sudden they waste everybody and he does nothing to stop them. Yeah. And it's like, you just barely twitched. And pretty much shot them, like, onto the ground in yeah. convulsions. And then they get up and they say a cool catchphrase. And they do a cool little thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, I that's fine. I don't need to deal with this. Same fucking scene. like, yeah. um, And he didn't leave the room because they show him he's still in the fucking room. Well, he
1: kind of left the room. A part of the ceiling fell. And it blocked him from what was going on. But yeah. he... He he's he basically just moves anything with yeah. Will. So if he wanted to go back and take care of anything, he could have. He just, I guess, didn't. Even though it's apparently extremely important to him yeah. to have all this stuff done. And it, it just... This is what it always comes back to, is that, like, I can sit here and try and defend some of these decisions that Marvel made. I shouldn't have to defend them at this point, man. I'm so done defending Marvel. You guys finished your Phase 3 that should have been the moment you could walk on your own Mm. you you had all this time you had over a decade to build the goddamn thing it was up it was running it should be self-sustaining and what is this this is nothing this is this is more the same and it's just
0: it, and, and with all of their success they have the opportunity to create movies that have depth that have story that have actual character development and they're reverting even lower than they did in the in the first three phases mm-hmm. where you know the first three phases that they had some of the issues but they were mostly good stories yeah you had some outliers
1: you had your thor the darkest thor yeah. and uh iron man 3 which needs a nickname
0: yeah, but even Iron Man three still had like the Tony Stark PTSD moments yeah. were great, and yeah. they, and you know it, it's just the fact that they fucked up the Mandarin is really the big part, the big problem. That with is that the movie. biggest
1: problem with that movie. Yeah,
0: and it's but it still had it was still a well written story. It's just they fucked up a, the bad guy like they like to. Do. It's literally just the turn.
1: Yeah. If, if the Mandarin had just been what they presented him to be, mm-hmm. it would have been great. It would have been everything we wanted it yeah. to be. It's just that there's because then you would have had turn.
0: fucking an Oscar winner playing the Mandarin, but exactly. no, he's playing no, he's playing Trevor. Trevor, oh god, don't even say that fucking name. I still have PTSD flashbacks when it comes to fucking Shang Chi.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I I I look at this movie, and at the every time something happens that I do like, because there are moments in here that I do like. You know, nowhere for what it is. I wish that they had done a better job introducing us to it instead of just kind of, like, having it be the society that they've been building, but we haven't seen them be building until the Christmas special. And then, like, you had the stupid fucking Christmas special, but that still didn't introduce some of these people that are just apparently
0: here and kind of important. And And, and in reality, last time you saw Nowhere was in Infinity War, when it was a completely on fire destroyed mess. Yeah.
1: And so that was the last movie time that we saw nowhere. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the Christmas special, you're like, "What the fuck? There there's you just you kind of have to go with it." And the problem is that it keeps on asking you to go with it. Another issue with this movie, everything is coincidental. Yeah. Everything happens coincidentally. The best way I can explain it is it's like a a video game where you need to accomplish certain things, pick up certain items Mm. tell certain people to do certain things and if you do that then you get the good ending Mm. and if those things aren't done then you get the bad ending and so we get to see them pick up and do all the things that they're supposed to do that are really intricate stupid little things that no one would do so we get to see the good ending. But unless you have a walkthrough online, mm-hmm. there's no way that you know to pick up a picture of Quill's grandpa yeah. to make sure that you get the good ending. Yeah, that you. Why would you know to do that? That's so fucking stupid. And yet, and yet, here it is. Gamora has to pick up this picture and give it to Quill in order for the ending to be accomplished.
0: I, we've hit spoiler territory now, folks, just to throw it out there. Well, that's, that's not that's It's not, not that spoiler. big a spoiler, but...
1: That's not a spoiler. You kind of gave away the ending, ending. I, I didn't little give little away little the little ending, little ending. Little
0: and what you're saying is true, and there are quite a few moments in this movie that they just telegraph things yeah. way too much. Like it,
1: well, that's what I mean, is that, Marvel
0: really thinks we're fucking idiots. Yeah,
1: like, they keep on reminding us. Yeah. We see this picture. We see this picture again. Oh, is this going to be important? Is this going to come up later? Yeah. I wonder. Oh, it's Chekhov's picture. Thanks. Cool. I wanted this. It's Chekhov's Adam Warlock. Is this going to be a thing? 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 It's Chekhov's... Gamora and Star-Lord. Oh, wait. No, that's just something where we keep on having to have the same conversation where the characters say the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. And it's not like over the course of the two and a half hour movie. No, 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 no. It's like within a 30 minute span. They just keep going over. Oh, did Gamora and Star-Lord have a relationship? Is this a different Gamora? I don't know. Let's go over it 30 million times. No,
0: we don't need to. Yeah. Unless this is a kid's movie. We don't need to. Once again, and I mentioned the you, this to me seemed like, and I hope it is the case, that Gunn just wanted to get done with Marvel so he could go focus on DC. He just wrote this movie and said, fucking, we're done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he gave it the cheesiest happy ending you could ever fucking ask for in a goddamn movie and he's like alright there we go everyone be happy I'm fucking going to do Superman now and it's like well don't fuck up Superman
1: I hope not cast a good Superman don't have him be just like a regular Superman it better be something interesting because hey uh, uh, you know not for nothing um, we're getting to that Peter Parker saturation point where uh, if you just keep casting white boys to play Peter Parker I have to look at you and say is there any level of growth here? Because you keep saying that anybody could be Spider-Man, and yet you keep on only casting white guys to play him. Is this gonna be the same with Superman? Of just like I'm not saying Superman has to be a black guy. I'm just saying there has to be something more interesting than Superman Falls in Kansas.
0: What I think they need to do, and it would only be right, is Jarell is played by Nicolas Cage. That would
1: be interesting.
0: Because he should have been a Superman and they never got the opportunity. And ha- he, if anyone is a Superman fanatic, it's him. And I would love to see him as jor
1: You know what I would love to see? Huh. I don't even know how you would pull this off contractually. I would love to see something where they never show any like picture or not any pictures. They never show any like video or audio of jor mm. But at the end, there's a giant statue of jor and it pulls back and it's Nick Cage, with the hair God. going down to his shoulders from the Tim Burton oh, Batman, yes. or the Tim Burton. Like, how great would that... And, like, no other reference. We don't hear, like, a recording of Darrell being like, my son, you are the last, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just this one statue of Nick Cage. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that
0: would be amazing. Oh, that's our Nick Cage tangent for the show, folks. Yeah. God, that'd be awesome. So now we do need to get okay, into spoilers. Get spoilers. It's, this is This is a
1: fair enough movie if you don't care or if you just kind of like stuff or if you really like the Christmas special, you'll probably like this but I, as someone who does care and does want to see them do Adam Warlock right which they just fully punted on I really don't like that we keep going in this hmm. same hamster wheel. there's at one point there's a little girl that runs in like a, oh a fucking 2001 a Space Odyssey kind of like circle. And I just feel like that's where we are now as a, as a Marvel fandom is just, we're running around in the same circle and we're expected to just be okay with it. And it's like, no, this fucking, we're so far beyond this guys. How are we still doing this? We don't need to do this anymore.
0: And it's, it's just poor writing. Like yeah. I, I, I've liked stuff James Gunn has done before, but this was just terrible cliched. And like, I love Nathan Fillion but that his, fucking
1: sucked, man. His
0: part in it sucked. That and fucking sucked. At least give him a
1: goddamn costume. This is... Can it not just be a joke? Can it not just be a joke? Can, for one fucking moment, for one fucking salient goddamn moment, can it
0: not just be a fucking joke? No, I gotta look this up, because that's what it is. Okay, their costume... hmm Because, okay, so Nathan Fillion plays... There's this this lab they need to break into yeah. and it's a genetically grown so it's like a living being which yeah. is the actual lab
1: get ready for a lot of weird gross uh cronenberg style body horror here there's a for for a kids movie there's a lot of cronenberg here yeah it's here. just some
0: weird shit there's
1: it. there's just a lot of like they have to cut into the the lab and to do that they basically cut this this portion through this skin blob and they pull it out and all this pus and goo comes out with it and it's just like okay cool i guess why is it this
0: but the when as soon as i saw it tell me that doesn't look like it oh yeah, yeah. the costume that they have the because he plays this like a security guard to this and the costume they're wear is extremely close to the Zygons from Doctor Who, which was, I believe, the like either one of the first or the first, like, baddie in mm-hmm. Doctor Who. And the Zygons were the baddie in the um, Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary one where that had Matt Smith and David Tennant. Mm. And they looked just like them. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the outfit, I was like, that's fucking Zygons. See, I thought bloated ticks
1: or Tetsuo yeah. at the end of Akira... Where he's all blobby and, and goopy and then but instead of just having that, you also have like little rockets on there. Yeah. So not in any way intimidating, really kinda of gross to look at, and then you have Nathan Fillion's kind of floating head over it making yeah. jokes about how frustrating it is to work with idiots who have, you know, jobs because yeah. their grandpa works in finance.
0: Which Okay, so Nathan Philian, they pretty much made him out to be like the head of security. Yeah, okay. Oh, he is. Head of security. They
1: literally call him master something.
0: His yeah, role master is master him. something. As a head of security, you would at least know people that work in that facility. Yes. So when he breaks into the room where the five guardians just happen to have the outfit on, but that's it. Uh-huh. He's like, "Oh, yeah, you're you're security people." Yeah. You should fucking know at least one. You should well, recognize. no, they were security people. Or not security. They were um, fixing. They, they, were, they were supposed to be maintenance people. Maintenance people. But it's like he's the head of security yeah. of this insanely high-end lab that has three levels of security that somehow Star-Lord can get through by uh, pushing a couple buttons in his ship and he can get through these three yeah. levels of security. I was like... Those shields fucking suck then if you can fucking yeah, do that. Yeah,
1: they're like, oh, here's a problem and Star-Lord goes into the bottom of the ship and he's like, don't worry, I'll reroute it from
0: here. And yeah, like, what? while I'm
1: giving the whole Gamora yeah, talk again yeah, about, again, talking about
0: the 50th fucking time. In oh,
1: did something, we're getting to, oh, uh, did something happen to your parents, Bruce? Oh, did you, were you dating Gamora, Peter? Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, I feel you, man. That's tough. But
0: it's the whole fucking... Like, he comes in and Star-Lord... How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like... You're buying this shit? Yeah. Like, you're making fun of the people you work with as idiots. And you're a fucking biggest idiot of them all.
1: Yeah. No, and he buys it a few times. Because he buys it again later. Yeah. And it's just like... Okay.
0: But it's just so fucking stupid. Yeah. And I don't... Like, to me, it's... You, you have someone like Nathan Fillion, you know, you give him a
1: good cameo, for fuck's sake. Why can't he play someone impactful? Like, Gunn is like, oh, I wanted him to be Wonder Man. Okay, so he can't be Wonder Man. Then have him be someone good. By the way, by the way, by the way, it's not like Gunn was going to write a Wonder Man movie, okay? When he says he wanted him to be Wonder Man, he wanted him to be Simon Williams yeah. in a movie where he's in space and you just see it in the background on, like, a on a, a mat, a marquee. Uh-huh. And then there's, like, a shot of him in a space pod with a big beard and stuff. Because he's been in space so long. He's not actually Wonder Man. Yeah. Okay? He's Simon Williams' actor. Who everybody else who knows, because this is what we've come to. If you know, you know. Yeah. Oh, is Wonder Man. And, okay, so you can't have him even be that. Fine. Why this? Why this? Why this? And like, I, there's just so many moments like that in this movie. I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, cool. So we have Howard the Duck and we have Seth Green. And Seth Green came in and ran lines for Howard the Duck. Okay. And we have a big finale that takes place on Nowhere where mm. Howard the Duck is. Okay. Is Howard the Duck in the finale? No.
0: What, what the fuck but is that? But then they never really explain... How Howard the Duck and Cosmo survived Thanos destroying fucking Nowhere. How did they survive it? They were in Nowhere when Thanos went there and fucking killed everybody and destroyed everything. It was before the snap, so well, it's not like they got snapped. They, We see them escape at the
1: end of Guardians Volume 1 because they're in the collector's uh, horde when
0: the Power Stone goes off. Well, they don't really escape. I mean, the end, you Howard is having a drink with the... Well, but they're not in
1: cages anymore.
0: They're not in cages, but they never say they leave nowhere. Yeah,
1: but my presumption is that they get away at that point. I don't know. I I But this is the thing is I don't... It's so
0: up in the air. Yeah,
1: it's very up in the air. It's all about interpretation at that point. And then it's like, okay, so now we're back to that defending Marvel argument. Yeah. Of like, now I have to sit here and be like, well, but you could also read it this way. And it's like, I'm tired of that. I'm so tired of fucking doing that. I'm tired of of telling your arguments for you. Like, I'm fucking Matt Murdock. Just... Fucking stand on your own goddamn two yeah. legs
0: and tell a fucking story. And you had the opportunity for, at the end, Rocket Raccoon and Howard the Duck side-by-side side with big fucking guns. Why wasn't Howard the, fuck the Duck out of people?
1: on the new Guardians of the Galaxy? Now that yeah. we're in spoiler territory, there's a new but Guardians. But even not even on the new Guardians. Like, yeah. at that
0: scene at the end where they're going to save the animals, hey... You have another animal. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Who's violent as fuck in the comic
1: books. Give him a gun. This is what I'm saying is why wasn't Howard the Duck in the end of the movie? We see him in the card game. Yeah. And then never again. Why did you go to the the ends of bringing in Seth Green? He's not doing mocap or
0: anything. He's just doing lines of dialogue, and he can't be that fucking expensive. with Seth Green, goddammit. So,
1: like, why isn't he here at the end of the movie? I, don't get it. I just, I don't understand these decisions, guys. I don't get it and we haven't even touched Adam Warlock or Gamora, because like we've just talked about the Peter Gamora, yeah like
0: we're going to go over their relationship we haven't actually talked about their interactions in the movie those are like to me those are the big issues i'm talking about the small ones working my way up like one of the small ones and i know you probably felt the same way how many times do you need to bring up the fact that craiglin or when craiglin my god calls cosmo a bad dog yeah and they bring that up Every fucking time they're on screen, I'm like... Well, that's their relationship. It's not funny anymore, though. Here's my
1: thing. And you may have caught on to this when I kept on turning to you every time he showed up and doing a little dance and having a little song.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I'm so fucking dumb with Kraglin. Stop trying to make Kraglin a thing. He's not a thing. He's not... Guys? Guys. He's not a thing. No. I cannot emphasize to you enough... Being Sean Gunn does not mean
0: that we have to spend time with you. Okay? That's. And not only that. In this movie, he was the Hank Pym riding it on an ant. Because he's the one that saved everyone out of nowhere because he sees Yondo. He finally comes to his... He finally believes in himself. Use your
1: heart. Oh, God. I fucking hate Kraglin. I hate every time he shows up. I hate that we spend so much time with him. And I hate that he's the only avenue by which we spend any time with Cosmo. Yes. Cosmo, an incredibly useful being that would be outrageously useful here... Uh, is she here? No. Could she be? Absolutely. Is she here for any or is she not here for any good reason? No! She's not! She's yeah. just left back on nowhere. You know who would be better served on nowhere than here? Drax. Have Drax stay on nowhere and bring Cosmo. Cause Cosmo can lift as much, if not more, than Drax in this universe. Not in core Marvel canon, of mm-hmm. course, because Drax the Destroyer is an entirely different character yes. in core canon. But Cosmo here shows herself to be more useful yeah. than Drax in a fight. Over and over and over again. And that doesn't even begin
0: to talk about the the telepathy that she brings to the team. That she uses once just for that fan oh, applause moment, even though she could have used it multiple times prior to that, but didn't do it.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to get into that too. Oh my God. Because that's a running thing here is, is this character telepathic? Or is she just kind of here? Because there's a few characters that
0: have telepathic abilities, and... What's the uh, one I'm thinking of here? Uh, they Does just... They, rhyme with Cantus?
1: Yeah, they just, they don't seem to do anything nope. in moments where you could really use a telepath. <clears throat> you know, there's two different scenes where language is a barrier, and someone is trying desperately to communicate information, and Mantis is trying to help... You're a telepath! <laughs> okay, so let's, again, because this is not the Mantis that I know and love,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who is one of the, like, she's in the, the the second top tier, like, just under top tier. Uh, She's in the AAA affiliate level of greatest fighters in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. She's, like, right under going to the Major League. She The Avengers call her up on the regs, right? Mm-hmm. She is... Well known to have a huge advantage in battle Mm. on numerous levels, both as a telepath and as a martial artist, which we finally see a little bit here Mm. for the first time in all this fucking time that we've seen Mantis in everything. We've seen her in fights before. This isn't the first time we've seen her fight, but for some reason, this is the first time we've seen her be a competent fighter. Mm. And yet, and yet we have so many moments where for some reason she's not just translating stuff telepathically to the people that we're talking to. And instead there's this, you know, how can we communicate? Oh, if only I could tell these children, Oh, if only these animal people could tell me where I could find the high evolutionary, how, how can I communicate? Well, there's a telepath sitting at the end of the table. Uh, she could mind link you. That would be good yeah. choice, but I guess not. Or here's the thing. In this universe, she's also an empath, a tactile empath. So if she touches you, she can read your emotions Mm. and also control your emotions. Here's an idea. How about you touch two people at the same time and use yourself as a conduit, which is something that we've seen other characters do, not in this universe, but in other Mm. better comic book stories. Why not that? Oh, now you two can communicate because you're on the same wavelength. Mm any of this no no we're not going to do any of it because for some reason we have to have a joke about how Drax actually understands this weird language that the children speak which is never explained and but she's a telepath yeah you have a telepath
0: here well it seems like they needed they need to write in a handful of scenes where she screams. Yeah, that's her new thing after that. Guard, after the second Guardians, that's her new thing. Mm-hmm. Is she has to scream either at Drax or at anybody else? Because, like you're saying, in that scene, there's no reason why she shouldn't, other than they needed to set her up to scream. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help.
1: stop being mean. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I get it. I see it's... what you're doing, and I understand the character dynamic, and that's fine. And I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that all of this is supposed to be predicated on a stupid argument that doesn't exist. Yeah. It just doesn't make any fucking sense and if it was any other character in any other situation with a similar argument I would say this is fucking stupid. Yeah. If there was a thing where Doctor Strange was like oh we can't communicate I'd be like why? You're fucking
0: magic. Yeah you're a fucking magician.
1: Like part of this is like oh I don't know alien language. You're a Fucking magician!
0: Yeah.
1: Use the magic da doo doo the do the thing the thing. His magic doo-doo. Yeah, like come on, like I there's too much of it here. And it ends up being like this thing that ends up being a character growth moment for someone else. Yeah. She can't translate because we have to have this moment where Drax talks to the children.
0: So at the end, you can say, "I saw you're not a destroyer; you're a dad." You're they a can dad. use that line. Yeah, because he know, said, "Well, you look like my daughter." And it's yeah, like, oh, that's a tearjerker moment.
1: Yeah, oh. no, I just like I really was not impressed with anything. the The stuff with Rocket was fine, but again, it's undermined by the really gruesome creatures. Which, like, I get it. You Mm. want everything to be kind of cute and not everything can be cute. And, you know, I get that, like, you're trying to find some middle ground where you're both like, oh, they're beautiful souls, Mm. even if they're hideous to look at. But they are hideous to look at. And the stuff with the High Evolutionary, you're just like, I don't understand why he's angry about this. Why is this such an issue for him? And why, why, why everything? Why everything with him? Yeah. I don't understand it. Like, he's supposed to be this god person. And yet, I all the stuff that I know about the High Evolutionary from the comic books isn't here. Why is that? I don't understand that. And,
0: like, he has all these superpowers. But they had to go the cliche in in a lot of movies where Rocket's love, he shoots her in the back with a gun. Literally. A a little, like... Laser gun. No, it wasn't even a laser gun it looked like. It looked like one of those little uh, two-barrel mm. shooters like a woman would pull out of... A, a derringer, thank you. Yeah. That's what it looked like, and I'm like, why the fuck would he do that? That's the <laughs> dumbest... I thought that, like, I almost started laughing at yeah. that. And I was like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah.
0: he This guy has, like, godlike abilities, and he pulls out a derringer to shoot rocket's love just to get that like dramatic moment where you're like oh he killed her it's like he could have just squeezed his fingers together and her head would have blown up yeah like he has that ability to like move move everything
1: yeah and he has this power force that he just like puts his finger out and it's just like and i i I, uh, i like the moment where rocket learns violence Like, I like that Mm. moment because it tells us a lot about Rocket and it really clues us into this character that we have seen. You know, for what it's worth, Nebula notwithstanding, he's the only Guardian that's kind of made it all the way through this whole thing, including the snap. It tells us a lot about him as a character and it reinforces a lot of things that we've seen about him. Uh It's like this nice character growth moment that I do genuinely like, but I agree with you. The, the the way that it kind of begins is a little ridiculous when yeah. you have this all-powerful being and he needs a gun to kill someone.
0: I mean, even how it ends, like he, Rocket, so these three guards come in, Rocket shoots the guards after he mauls the High Evolutionary, and of course the guards firing back at him just happen to hit the rabbit and the, and the walrus. Yeah. And it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Just fucking... Because everybody had to die. Everyone had to die. Just, to, But it's so fucking stupid. It's like, they could have made it where he comes back to his cell and wakes they up were and already they've dead. already been incinerated or yeah. something. Like, something like that. That's why I was saying that, and I was worried about with this movie, that they would use just cliches to try to tug at your heartstrings and it's just the cheesiest shit. Yeah. And you're like, you could have done so much fucking more.
1: We are, for all intents and purposes, back in Crime Alley with the Pearls.
0: Yes! You
1: know, it, yes. It, it, that, at the end of the day, that's what this comes down to.
0: Like, what happened to the end of um, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, where Bucky is beating the shit out of him and Captain America's like, I'm not going to fight you, you anymore. my mission! Yeah. And it's like... That was fucking intense. That was dramatic. That was great. And now you're going to do
1: fucking bullshit. Can you imagine a line like, because I'll be with you to the end of the line in this movie. Or I can do this all day. God, Captain America had the best fucking. Oh yeah, the best
0: But it's just like it, they they used to be able to make substance, and now it's just crap. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like they're doing it backwards. Like they've already created the fan base. Now is when you're supposed to take chances. Like uh, uh, Werewolf by Night, great example of what they should be. This doing. This is what I'm saying. You have the universe yes. running. Why are
1: we running in the same circle exactly. as we've been running in this whole fucking time? Why? Why aren't we just moving on to the next natural thing, which is exploring the impacts of the universe that you've spent all this time creating? Let us not forget that when the Marvel Universe first began, Mm. it was still under the auspices of each movie. That superhero is the only superhero in the universe, right? Like, that was still the beginning of Marvel. That was still how everything felt. It was just this one guy. And then you had the Avengers, and there was that crossover moment of like, oh, it's not just this one guy. And it's been building since then, and now you have impacts that affect five years of life and mm-hmm. half the entire universe, which again, I have questions about how does the high evolutionary feel about what happened with Thanos and what happened with him? Yeah, did he get snapped? Or yeah. What was going on with after. that? How does Thanos feel about the high evolutionary who just creates races and, and populates yeah. planets when there's not enough stuff in the universe? Was there ever a conflict there? Did they ever have to kind of coordinate or talk to each mm-hmm. other about stuff because they were both really big people in the universe. So like, was, was there ever a conflict?
0: A what if story, I might say. But I mean, they've been doing this shit. I, I We I talked earlier, I watched um, Spider-Man No Way Home for the first time in forever. There's never a point where Spider-Man says, hey, I fucking helped kill Thanos and saved all of your fucking lives. Get off my goddamn back. But that's Believe not Spider-Man. Me. I understand that, but it's like, they never even hint at that. Like they never even, no one mentions it. Not his family, not his friends, not a news broad. No one mentions any of that shit. Yeah.
1: Well, that's my thing is that that's not just in No Way Home. That's all of Phase 4. Yes. The last time anybody mentioned the snap was, I think they briefly mentioned it in Hawkeye, but really the last time we talked about it at length. Was it Mania. No. It was Falcon Winter Soldier. Yes. All the way back at Falcon Winter Soldier where it was a key important plot point. Yes. To the entire season. And I was like, this is amazing. We're finally talking about it. Oh my God, we're going to explore it. And it was right after WandaVision. So I was like, oh my God, look at all the things that we're exploring. And it was before Black Widow came out. I was like, oh my God, maybe we're not done with superheroes. Maybe, maybe we're just at the highest pinnacle point of superheroes. Mm. And then we fell down. Right the toilet. And it's like, you know, what if notwithstanding, mm. there's been so much trash that you've had to kind of dig through. And even with What If, there were moments where you just kind of had to accept that this was what the episode was going to be. And you weren't going to get an explanation as to why Thanos joined the Ravagers. You were just going to accept that. That was the story. And why the Black Order doesn't recognize him, unimportant. We're not going to go into it. We don't need to. Yeah. You know, so even that had its moments like that. But, like, nothing like this of, like, you just have to accept that this garbage happens. Yeah. And you can't question it. You can't poke or prod at it at all or wonder about it because it's not going to hold its own weight. Yeah. You know, and for any moment, like, I did like the moment where Quill convinces the woman to help him. And then immediately is like, nah, I just needed to get into your computer. I just needed your password. Yeah. Like, I like that moment. That was that took me back to the first Guardians when they were in the prison and, and Rocket and he, you know
0: could jigger the the ship to, to fly out. Yeah. But see, that I had a problem with because I did like that moment. You're right. I did like that moment, but that's not the Peter Quill that they've taught us is like Star-Lord now. That is the Star-Lord from the first one. Exactly. World. So it's like, that's not who he is anymore. No, the
1: Peter Quill that we're introduced to at the beginning of this movie is a drunk. Yes. And apparently he's drunk every night or something because he needs to be taken home ceremoniously
0: it seems which how many goddamn slow motion walks
1: oh my god there were at least four. Oh my god I mean, there like at least like we were four. watching a it was I like was, a Snyderverse thing i was thinking uh michael bay with uh fucking armageddon oh god yeah, yeah that's true yeah. In yeah that's true so like but we had so many slow oh, hero walks Jesus. at one point i thought gamora was gonna make a joke about why are we all walking so slowly yeah like it seemed like we were going there and it's just like okay all right, Community did it better, but, like, this, this kind of sucks, guys. I'm not going to so lie to you. so bad. And it, it's just, it, like, it's interesting. I get it. You get the dynamic of, like, oh, these aren't your typical superheroes, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to do this again with the Thunderbolts. Yeah. And, like, is it going to be any better? No, because you don't have Zemo in that, and you don't have Norman Osborn in that, and you don't have Hawkeye in that. So... Do you have Mech 5? No. What about Atlas? No. You have anybody I care about, yeah. well, we have Taskmaster. Do you have Taskmaster? Real Taskmaster. Or do you have your Taskmaster? Yeah. Because unless you get a new guy, that ain't Taskmaster. Yeah. So I got some problems with what's going on, and I don't see anything on the horizon that makes me think that it's going to get any better. It just mm. it's going to be more of this. And any moment that's pretty good is immediately undermined by either the fact that they've told us something completely different that we just have to accept, or by something extremely stupid happening immediately after. And that's the movie. Like That that just keeps on happening. Thing comes up, dumb result. Thing comes up that could be fan service, dumb result. Thing comes up that could be Adam Warlock, is a child, is an actual child with a man's body.
0: This is what we're doing. They're doing... Right now Marvel is doing exactly what Star Wars is doing, where it's like, we have a fan base, we are just going to put out mindless shit and you're going to like it. And mm-hmm. most of them do because they people are, are seem to forget what quality cinema is. I don't know if they just have not seen enough good movies or they're giving it too much of a pass, but it's like something that's well written doesn't look like what we watch today. No. At all. Like the, the visuals were fine It had the great, you know, and, and as much as I loved when he told her, just open the fucking door by him saying, fuck, that was the only reason that scene worked. Literally that scene only worked because of the fuck it is, but it's like, okay, what are the reasons why this character never said fuck before? Mm -hmm. Cause it sounded as natural as anything else coming out of his mouth. And he obviously knows what the word is and he knows what the word means, How has he not said that in any of these other movies? Because in reality, he would be dropping F-bombs every two minutes like Deadpool. Right? So it's like, I almost wish they didn't put fuck in there. Because it's the character had never said it before. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, you need to go back and put fuck in in every one of those goddamn movies he was in because its it sounded more natural than anything else Peter Quill had ever said in those movies. Yeah,
1: no, I agree with that. It, it felt very natural for him to say, get in the fucking car. Yeah. And, like, I, I... Everything is just weighed down by this blanket of blech. So oh, tons. much blech. And, like, there's stuff that I like here. So, like, the, the crux of the movie is... Well, actually, you know what? Now that I'm about to get into it, I just remembered another thing that I don't like. The crux of the movie is this. The Guardians are on Nowhere. They're just kind of milling about doing their thing, building a town, building a community. Oh, Star-Lord is that's... drunk all the fucking time. And, you know, the music stuff has actually transitioned onto Rocket. He's the one that's actually carrying around the boombox that's Bluetoothed into the sound stage that everybody's listening to and everything. And we follow Rocket around. There's a kind of cool moment of seeing him go around Nowhere and, and run his rounds and everything. And he's getting ready for bed, and then he's tackled by Adam Warlock and, and pile-driven into the ground mm. pretty much. And there's a fight scene with Adam Warlock, which is interesting until we get about 20 minutes later. Mm. At the end of that fight scene, Adam Warlock has basically critically wounded Rocket. And so Rocket is they have these med packs that basically like everything in guardians you put it on you push a button and it solves your problem yes so whether that's like the bubble suits you put it on your chest you push a button and now you can go out in space mm. uh, or this where you put it on your arm that's broken you push a button and you don't have a broken arm anymore magic mm. yeah. so they put this thing on rocket and they push the button and instead of fixing him it makes him worse yes and there's all these sparks and everything and they're like what the fuck is going on so they take it off and they do a scan on him and it turns out funny story Rocket actually has some failsafe in his organs that if any medical stuff is used on them, triggers as a way for the manufacturer to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's preventing them from giving him effective medical aid. So they can kind of keep him barely alive, Mm -hmm. but he's not going to live very long. Rocket survived the snap. Yeah. Rocket joined the Avengers. Rocket fought Thanos. Rocket broke out of jail numerous times. Rocket has gone on adventures all over the fucking galaxy. Yeah. And you're going to tell me this is the first time that this has come up ever. Really. Yeah. And that's going to be the crux of your entire movie. I don't mind that that's the crux of your movie. I mind the rationale. Yeah. That this is
0: how it's happening and all that time he's never had a scan he's never had a medical scan never had it come up because he has like a creature on his
1: heart or something like it's like it's just like a a bug or something it's not even like a creature it's just like this mechanical thing i think that just like like hugs his heart yeah basically it'll just crush his heart if he's in any way gets medical treatment and it's like it's not clear what level of medical treatment but it seems like any level of medical treatment yeah that can't be your rationale for Mm. how this all begins like i would rather have it be that rocket is like he when they fight adam warlock something happens and someone brings up the high evolutionary like Mm. they capture adam warlock and he's like "Oh, i gotta bring you back to the blah 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 the high evolutionary oh i wasn't supposed to say that because he's hagrid and this he's Mm. an idiot he's and he's an idiot that likes animals Mm. and is incredibly strong but is an idiot that likes animals. Then at that point Rocket can be like, oh, the high evolutionary. Oh, we we I, I I gotta think about that for a second. Yeah. And then you can go into whether he wants to go on this, you know, cosmic war or whatever. But like the the way that we get into that is that Rocket is injured enough that he needs medical attention and that triggers this failsafe for the first time ever.
0: Really? Yeah, it
1: just a lot
0: of leaps in logic. A lot of, oh, of logic. the whole movie is one giant leap A of lot logic.
1: of moments where you just kind of have to accept that this is what is happening yeah. and you just kind of have to go with it. And if you in any way try to understand or kind of prod at it, kind of under you know, figure out how it works, it falls apart immediately.
0: Yeah, okay, so he's critically injured, mm-hmm. he's. They say he has, like, 48 hours. It's obviously at the end of that 48 hours when they come in contact with the High Evolutionary and Adam Warlock again. Yeah. And first off, War Pig and Adam Warlock are trying to capture him. Mm-hmm. And Rocket's body is thrown around the ship. Bam. Like bam, a rag bam, doll. Bam, bam. And the next scene, he's laying on the table again. They're like, all right, let's fix him. It's like... You bounce him off of every fucking wall of a crashing starship, and he's still okay. Yeah. Even though he was on death's door prior to that.
1: Yeah. I was just
0: like, he was, Jesus, he was Christ. riddled with internal injuries already,
1: and this apparently wasn't any kind of problem. They fucked him up big time. Yeah. Like, I
0: was blown away by that. Because, like, that's the thing is that, like, there's
1: the whole thing of like he's he's you know now that we're into spoilers mm. there is a moment where rocket raccoon dies yes and we should talk about his trip to the, heaven the harry potter trip through to heaven. through king's cross station yes i i thought that they were actually going to kill rocket for a moment i was like oh this will be interesting they need if you they to kill somebody the fact that someone no one needed to die it blows. Someone out. needed to die. Someone needed to die. Uh, spoiler alert: No one dies no in this movie. Lies. Just our... uh, the high evolutionary. I think maybe dies. Maybe mm-hmm. he's left to come back again later. <laughs> no, no. Who knows? But like, it, it, even that, you're just like, there's nothing. There's yeah. there's absolutely nothing to to gain from any of this. And <sighs> the the whole thing with Rocket dying, you're like, okay. This seems good. I, you know, Chris Pratt actually gave a pretty good performance in that moment. Mm. That was pretty good. I like Gamora's whole thing with that. Because like, Gamora's whole story is that she doesn't remember the Guardians. And so she's a Ravager now. And uh, she gets brought into this whole adventure and kind of dragged along. Because they don't have time to send her back to the Ravagers before the adventure starts going. And so uh, she ends up being the only one on the ship with Rocket. Because convenience. And we need to get into the third act somehow, and we're gonna get to that too, uh, and also because it's funny to watch Drax knock someone off a motorcycle, <laughs> the face palm, into the 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 bent head, just oh god. Um, anyway, that stuff was all good, and I like the moment where he's in king's cross station because it is king's cross station oh it absolutely was it is that scene from yeah. from deathly house part two where harry's talking to dumbledore and instead he's talking to layla the hawkeye's Hunter. wife yeah who yeah is, weirdly yeah. voiced by hawkeye's wife yeah there's a few marvel wives in here voicing animals i don't
0: know why they're just here yeah i did not get the whole linda Cardellini and um judy greer judy greer it's like they weren't even in James Gunn productions. Like, I can understand if they were, like, in the first two Guardians movies. It would have made more
1: sense if, like, Jenna Fisher showed up. Like, she's in Slither.
0: Yeah. And that's true. Like that was one of her big first early
1: movies. Same with. Um, and Liz Banks. Liz Banks. And yeah. it's just like, well, okay, there's people that it makes more sense if yes. they're here. And if not. You did have some voice actors around mm-hmm. because they couldn't bring back Hannah Montana to play that the 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 head, the cybernetic head. Yeah, yeah. And so they brought in Tar Strong <laughs> to do her Which instead. So you can bring in
0: voice actors. So you
1: do know
0: voice actors. Yeah. And not that I don't want Linda Cavolini and, and, yeah, and fine. Judy Greg to have it's... business, like have work. That's
1: fine. I'm happy they got work. They already have characters in the universe yes.
0: though. Like, the,
1: the only thing that I can look at this and kind of be like, oh, is between one thing and another, however unlikely, this is the universe where the ever unlikely Mrs. Barton exists. This could also be the universe where as unlikely as it seems, Karen Gillan could still play Mary Jane Watson. That's still an option on the table. Nope. If, we're, if we're double casting, you have a perfect Mary Jane Watson right here. And she doesn't even have to wear a ton of fucking makeup anymore. Yeah. She just she just has to show up. She, she literally just has to either. show up. Yeah. Just literally show up. That's it. That's all you have to do is just show up on set. It's Mary Jane Watson. She's right here. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I'm going to take out of this as a positive is that if we're going to start double casting, then maybe maybe we can bring her back to play a good role because you insist on not having Mary Jane Watson because it's an MJ. Yeah. It's MJ.
0: It's Michelle. It's, it's Michelle MJ. Jones. Yeah. Well, yeah. But and like even the Gamora parts, they've gotten to the point with her character where it's just it's it's gotten old with the way she talks and like every fight scene which one of the things that bothered me about this movie is every scene was a setup for a big ten pole action scene. Mm-hmm. And every one of those action scenes, Gamora has to Break her arms or her neck, and then do the oh, that's, whole putting that's herself Nebula. back. Or Nebula, I mean, that's not Gamora, Nebula. Nebula. Yeah, but Nebula has to do
1: those. Like yeah. it's
0: like they did it. That's her too superpower. Much.
1: Her superpower is that her body can get
0: mangled yeah. and then put itself back together. And even though they gave her a Mega Man cannon in this one, yeah. where she can fire out of her hand, it's like okay, like but why? every scene you have to do the her putting her body back why together.
1: Why is there an entire sequence where she has her? head practically snapped off her body and she's still fighting
0: oh when it was hanging backwards yeah Yeah.
1: and it's just like this is gruesome
0: guys there's a lot of gruesome in this it's i don't know if i would use the term gruesome is it's just it's the cliche of gruesome Mm -hmm. like i've seen enough gruesome in different movies to say to we saw the trailer for um the the Hunger Games prequel. Mm-hmm. See Battle Royale if you wanna see gruesome. <laughs> That's fucking gruesome. This is like it, it almost is like kitty gruesome because it like I said, the the even the animals is right out of Sid's room in, in the yeah. Toy Story, which it's like body it's it's like Cronenberg light. Yeah, it's it's my first Cronenberg. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which you know, this is I don't wanna hear them give the exam give any kind of with story or whatnot saying the excuse is that it's a kid's movie. Cause this is not a fucking kid's movie. It's, it's the same as when Lucas says that about star Wars episode one. It's like, dude, you start off with trade federations it's talking all about, about the
1: Senate. Talking yeah, no about, no, one,
0: no kid gives a fuck yeah. about that. Then you have stupid Jar Jar. Yeah. That's a kid part. But like this, there's nothing kid yeah. about that. Like the high evolutionary at the end, they rip his mask off and his face looks like, um, the dude at the end of uh, Raiders of the lost Ark when his face melts yeah. off. It's like, no, dude. That's... It looks like the Red Skull to me. It it looked like the
1: Red Skull. Yeah, and like I I still debate this argument that it's his mask. It's not a mask. It's his face. It's his it's his original, maybe not original, but it's it's his face
0: reconstructed and put on. Well, that's what I'm I'm wondering if he has some kind of cloning technology because he does. He does. Say... He
1: says that Rocket is a clone at yeah, one point. So
0: that's his that face has to be a clone yeah which uh, if they would have shown him like cloning himself and then ripping the face off the, that would have been fucking awesome i'm like all right i'm well, not like, top
1: about with that i go back to the joker the joker's face isn't a mask until he turns it into a mask that's what makes it gruesome yes when he cuts off his own face and then uses it as a mask that's what makes it gruesome yes that's a mask yes this is not a mask this is a prosthetic And calling it a mask is weird. I don't know. This doesn't play as a mask to me. And it's not like it's not like it was hiding the hideous being underneath. And also, if you're going to program a body, why have it be such a short body? Yeah. Like just so many questions, so many questions about the decisions made here Mm -hmm. that make no sense. Is it just as a joke? So you bring out a stool and the High Evolutionary needs to stand on the stool to talk to the Sovereign. Is it just is it just as a joke? Because it's n- it's literally never brought up again. But it's the first time that we see the High Evolutionary. So you're just like... So the first thing that we're being told about him is that he's short. Mm. So we immediately shouldn't take him seriously because he's short. That's what you're telling mm. us with this particular scene. It may be that you want him to seem domineering. And he has such command of people around him. Yeah. That he, you know, is short of stature, but still commands the room. But that's not what it's coming off as. Yeah. It's coming off as a joke about how short he is. Yeah. So the spotlight's not really helping the whole yeah. thing. It's, it comes off as a joke. And I I just, I'm just sitting here like, so this is supposed to be a, a high, powerful being yeah. that is old as hell and can reshape himself in any form because he has full control over genetics And this is the form he took. Mm. I don't get it. It's like if Dr. Doom uh, had magic abilities and could fix his face and then didn't and decided to keep wearing the mask. Yeah. It's like, but that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Why?
0: Why? But why? I don't. I don't. I'm done trying to make sense of any of these movies because they... It's obvious to me, once again, that they're making these movies to just make money Mm -hmm. and they don't give a shit about the people that made these properties, what they are being people like you and me. Yeah. And then they criticize us for being so critical of it. But it's like, but you're, you're, you're literally taking things that we grew up with stories that we know that we, you've proven you can do properly. Yeah with the earlier movies in in the MCU you've proven that you can take these characters and actually do them properly why the fuck are you not doing it yeah. there's got to be a reason it's just laziness it, you know they don't want to spend the money on the writers something mm-hmm.
1: yeah no cuz
0: it's it's garbage. Well, it's
1: maddening to me. It's just like we were talking a little bit at the end. They again spoilers. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, Peter goes back to his grandma. Oh, okay. yeah. And so like the the Guardians kind of low-key disband. The movie overall is fine in terms of like pace and action mm. and stuff. It, it I didn't find it to be too much of like we just got to get to the next action sequence. Mm-hmm. It it did feel paced out at an appropriate rate and I was Excited for the action sequences when they started. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Groot dropped all the guns that he pulled out. God, uh, it seems like you would want to hold on to those. That was a cool scene though. But again, you ruined it in the trailer. I already knew that was going to happen because I saw it in the trailer. And so it's just like uh, you can't get out of your own way, can you?
0: And, and with that, how did they? How did they know that they would scan Peter and Gamora, but not, not Groot? Groot?
1: I don't know. I like guess that's
0: an interesting story thing where it's like, Meh, we yeah. don't need to scan him. Yeah. He's got 17 fucking guns under himself.
1: Yeah, if you did, you'd find all kinds of things. But no, he's not wearing clothes, so we don't need to scan him.
0: You have, like, the big
1: rocket moment, and then you go into... Basically, we have to break down the High Evolutionary's place, and then there's, like, three different jailbreaks from Mm -hmm. there. You get to the end, and and you have Quill going back to his grandpa because we have a new Guardians led by Rocket, and now there's going to be a Star-Lord something coming. Mm -hmm. Star-Lord eating cereal with his grandpa. Get ready, kids. It's gonna be a trip. Oh my God, Star get Lord ready. Star-Lord Jesus. Yeah, right? I'm waiting. But I bring all this up because his grandpa's name is Jason. And all of us fans are supposed to be like, oh, like Jason of Spartax. Mm. And he's Quill's father. Like, not really, but he's like his adoptive, unlike Ego, who was never Quill's father mm. <laughs> in the comics. It, it blows up in your face because you end up being like, so wh- what am I supposed to do with this? You give this to me now, after ruining Adam Warlock. We still haven't even talked about oh, Adam God. Warlock. You give this to me now and I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah, This means nothing to me at this point. You ruined this when you had ego. Like, it, I, how did you, how did you, what am I supposed to do? What, mm. How did you think I was going to take this and be like, oh yay, his name is
0: Jason. Woo! No, of course not. Mm. It's way too little Way too late. Real quick, we need to we need to touch on something that did frustrate the both of us. And that's the Peter Gamora. Yes. Because, once again, Marvel has to have, in the middle of a conflict, a very violent conflict, the two of the main characters discuss something that has nothing to do with the fucking conflict. Mm-hmm. And this was Quill continuing to bring up The old Gamora and him were in love and they were together and they had fun. And this new Gamora had to keep bringing up, well, I'm not the old one. And they had to continue beating that to fucking death. And it got to the point where it was so obnoxious. Because it's like you were in the middle of a fight. or you were in the middle of somehow quickly programming your ship to fly through um, these force fields. And you're just going to keep hammering on this thing about how you were in love with this woman who's this is obviously not the woman anymore and years have passed and i just don't it's it's a trope that just got beaten way too much to death yeah
1: no and like as much as i like certain elements of it like the whole the beginning of the conversation i i actually enjoyed because it starts with i'm not that gamora yes and i was like oh this is actually an interesting idea the idea that she's an actually wholly different person and we're going to explore that no no we're going to take this square peg, mm-hmm. <laughs> this round hole. We're just going to bash it until it fucking fits because it's, it's got to fit. Or just keep on, if we really want it, if we just really want it to fit, it's going to fucking fit. Mm-hmm. Well you got to want it. we to just going to bash it in there. Or we could do anything interesting. No, I, I did say, or rather I did think, <laughs> and I told you this uh, on the way over, that this was gonna end with Nebula and Quill together. I'm glad that didn't happen.
0: That was close though. But it was close there for a little it. bit. It they was had to real have close. That funny moment where Quill talks about her eyes. Yeah.
1: So I, I just looked up the other thing, which was the other piece of canon that I you you probably heard me be like, what? Huh? What? At the very end of the movie during the credits. Oh there's, yeah. There's a character that yeah. I really like named Faye Lavelle. Faye Lavelle is the second quasar, and. She is fucking badass. She is so fucking cool. I cannot get over how cool this character is. Mm -hmm. And she's super powerful and just this outrageously awesome character to watch take care of business. She's complicated. She becomes some way connected to the the being of death in the Marvel Universe and has to carry out its will. She also dates... Drax the Destroyer's actual daughter, Moondragon. Well, they set her up to kind of just be Drax's daughter in this. So they're going to skip that whole thing and just have her be Drax's daughter. And she's also 12 years old. Am I supposed to be excited about this? Am I, am I supposed to be excited that we're doing Sky High and your, your quirky little 12-year-old girl who's cute and you know seemingly innocent yeah. is not a Kree warrior, but in fact this tiny little girl. She's the, this, this is Quasar. This is fela Are you sure? (laughs) Could it, could it just, maybe it's a different Fela, but I can't imagine why you would name a character Fela and not have it be fela in the same way that they call Mantis Bug. I know what you're doing. (laughs) There's a Guardians of the Galaxy character named Bug who would be interesting to have here. He's an anthropomorphic bug. Mm. You could just have him be one of the experiments That the fucking High Evolutionary did. And he's an idiot. He's a genuine idiot. But he's useful. And he has a very powerful kick. And he would go very well with Kraglin. He's about the same level of use as Kraglin. And I'm just like... So I get it. When you say... Oh, Bug, you go that way. And you're talking to Mantis. I get what you're doing. But like... (sighs) is this supposed to make me feel better? Cause it kind of makes me feel worse. I'm not going to lie to you. This fan service that's supposed to make me feel like, Oh, it's going well. Everything's going okay. It's like, so you, you at least did the cursory Google search to find something cool yeah, and maybe read a few comics and then decided that instead of doing any of that cool stuff, you were just going to take the name and just shove it into a corner where it's just like, but that I, you know, I kind of wanted that to be a character though. You know, like, I, I, I kind of wanted that to be a
0: character. Yeah. I felt that way about uh, when Sylvester Stallone showed up. Oh my God. And, Talk about just putting an an actor in. Yeah. I mean, they barely used him for shit. And and I he shows
1: up as the head of the Ravagers. And I just looked at him like, is this Nova? Because it looks remarkably like Nova. Mm-hmm. It's not. But again... I don't know how you're going to do Nova since you destroyed the Nova core. Yeah. You keep on hinting that you're going to do Nova. I don't know whether you're going to do Richard Ryder or Sam what's his face, but mm. like I I like Nova. There's a really cool Nova story when the Nova Core is destroyed, where Richard Ryder has to rebuild the Nova Core. I can't help but look at Sylvester Stallone here and not see Nova. Why are we doing this? Why, why, why are we co-opting stuff? And then when you have something cool and interesting like Adam Warlock, it's a full pun. Yes. Listen, I've been thinking about this since he showed up on screen. Adam Warlock is the the Hauser of the Soul Stone. I've wondered since they botched the soul stone in infinity war, one of the very few things that I look at in infinity war and I say, this could be better. The soul stone is to Adam Warlock as the mind stone was to vision. Mm -hmm. They fully took that from Adam Warlock and just used it for vision. Mm -hmm. And you know, Adam Warlock has all these things. He has a dark personality. He's, outrageously powerful he's like in the upper echelons of most powerful beings Mm. in the entire marvel canon and they made him a six-year-old like they they're like oh we grew him too fast and even though he's supposed to be the warlock they should have called him the magus even though he's supposed to be the warlock he is an idiot he's a child yeah and oh he loses his mommy and adopts a dog and that's adam warlock's yeah whole fucking thing and I, I, why are we doing this? This could be so cool. Anybody who wants to see an excellent interpretation of these characters mm. and what they could be, go watch Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes Season 2. There's an episode with Guardians of the Galaxy where they do the Michael Corvac storyline. Mm-hmm. And you have Faye Lavelle and Adam Warlock as two members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, along with Star Lord and Groot and Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. it's so much better. Mm. And I just look at it it's like this is what we could be doing.
0: Phyla, yes. Getting back to her real quick, and then we'll go back to Adam Warlock. So at the end, you see the new Guardians, and they're running into battle, and her hands start glowing. Yeah. Like Phaser. Where was that? On the ship. All the time on the ship. Yeah. That was never there. Never. Never even referenced. Nope. Never even brought up. That she has this unbelievable ability that she could have easily well, helped it, them. it's from the quantum bands. And
1: I'm like, <sighs> how, why are you doing this to me? Why is this a thing? The Faye LaVelle I know has quantum bands, um, but she has a similar band as like the nega band mm-hmm. that the Kree have. And it allows her to have all these powers so like you could have her get those and that's where her powers come from but it's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally she just her hands start glowing and her eyes start glowing and you're just like oh i guess this little child in a guardian's uniform has powers i don't know if this was a deleted scene or something that they decided they couldn't edit out of the finale and so they they just kept it in and it made no fucking sense but i i i agree with you it made no fucking Mm -hmm. sense why it was there
0: yeah i don't know but I, I, after all we've talked about, I need to stick with my D.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to stay at a C- minus because the stuff I liked, I did genuinely like. Mm-hmm. But the Adam Warlock stuff grew so old so fast. And the fact that there is all this stuff here that makes me think that you could do something cool and you're just not doing it. I'm so tired of seeing these guys punt. Yeah. Stop punting the ball and fucking move it upfield.
0: Which, and the the thing that I'm happy about is it seems like we're going to, you know, the next few movies of these reviews that we're going to be doing are not going to be Marvel movies. No, thank God. Very we happy. have a little break from Marvel movies. It seems like that's all we've been doing and I'm getting kind of the, tired of it.
1: The Spider-Man annex... Uh, not, notwithstanding. Yeah, it doesn't really count. It's a yeah. Sony one. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's Yeah, I don't really
0: count it. But anyways, folks, we really hope you enjoyed episode 100 of NerdPod Generations. You know, when we talk about movies like this, you know, like Al said, if you like the holiday special, you're going to love this. If you yeah. like all of phase four you're gonna love this movie but if you really care about stuff like we do you're gonna have issues
1: with yeah it. There, there's other problems the yeah. the soundtrack which should be here feels disingenuous at times we talked about that being a problem yeah similar to the mario movie and then it, it seems like other people like this but the kids that were talking the
0: entire time did not seem oh, super God, impressed no, with idiots. it themselves so i don't know who is this for i don't yeah. know anymore i don't even know but anyways, NerdPod Generations episode 100 is in the books. We really hope you enjoyed it. Once again, we are going to have a couple weeks off, so we hope you go back and listen to the Obi-Wan episodes. We absolutely trashed it, and it's fantastic. We, you know, we have a lot of good episodes. We have a lot of episodes where we like things and don't like things. Please go back and listen to our back catalog. If you want to know a little bit more about us individually, though, you can look me up at staleofbooks.com. You
1: can look me up at juddstonestudios.org under the Bronx Division tab. Have a great night, everyone. Yeah, have a great night. Have a great two weeks, Friends and Enemies. We'll see you soon. Happy Mother's Day, Mothers. Oh, yeah, Mother's Day. And we will be back here in late May, early June. Until then, see you later, Friends and Enemies. Adios.